We are going to do something, I think, uh, really special today. But before we dive into that, I got to, again, you know me, I like to ask questions, so I just need to ask, um, real briefly, how many of you here today believe that prayer works? Amen. Okay, good. And it may sound like a little bit of a weird question, you're like, why are you asking me that? But I think it's very important for us to consider this question. And I don't want to move forward until we have a really good understanding of the fact that we can say we believe that prayer works, and yet we can live lives that contradict what we say we believe. In other words, saying we believe prayer works is not the same thing as believing prayer works. It's an important distinction that we need to make. So let me ask you this. How do we demonstrate sort of in in our natural life in the real things around us, demonstrate faith in those things. I'll say, for example, the chair. Each one of you is sitting in a chair, for the most part. When you walked up to that chair, every one of us, even if just subconsciously, you kind of looked at that chair and you're like, yeah, that thing's going to hold me. Yep, pretty confident that thing's going to hold me. Um, Then how did you demonstrate that your faith in that chair would work? You sat in it. Right? You put the faith to the test and you sat in. Again, even just subconsciously, you could use that for any sort of picture, like the car. You put your key in the ignition and you turn it and you believe that it's going to turn on. Otherwise, you wouldn't turn the key. Right? If you didn't think that chair was going to hold you, hopefully you wouldn't sit in it. You didn't look at the chair, at least I hope, and go, yeah, I'm pretty confident that chair is going to hold me and then stand uncomfortably the rest of the service. Except for maybe Ben. But that's okay. <laughs> He's got a reason to be standing. Okay, so let me just ask one more time, remembering that saying we believe prayer works and actually believing prayer works are different. So how many of us are confident that we believe prayer works? Awesome, good. Now we can move forward. We're all on the same page. So as I said, we're going to do something exciting today. It's going to look different than most Pillar Church Services. As you are aware, or maybe you're not, um, today is the 20th of the month, and that is our designated day for corporate prayer. We started 2020 saying the 20th of each month, we are going to dedicate some time to pray corporately. All that means is gather together. We're gathering together, we're rallying around something and praying it. So rather than having a separate event, as we have done in the past, we're actually going to incorporate prayer into the service, and and I'm very, very encouraged by what the Lord has done this week in the lives of a couple of people. So I've asked some folks if they'd be willing to be a part of of our corporate prayer service, and and to my delight, every single person that I asked said yes. Even some that are maybe fairly shy and not in any way comfortable praying or speaking in front of people have said, you know what, I think the Lord is actually calling me to do this. So, uh, really, he has been at work encouraging our people in this congregation to step out in boldness and obedience. So, praise God for that. Let me just start out by saying that. I'm really encouraged by that. Before we have them come forward and pray, I'm going to offer just a little brief encouragement and teaching about prayer. Um, So, let's begin our service by praying together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. As has already been prayed, Lord, we're grateful to be outside. We're grateful to be meeting. We know, Lord, that that is not something that other people are able to do in this nation, just based on restrictions and things of that nature, but in other parts of the world where they're just 
unable to do for for reasons of, of persecution and other issues that would prevent them from being able to do this. And so we're grateful, Lord. We, would, we don't want to take any of this for granted. We ask, Father, that you would help us this morning as we pray corporately to begin to understand what it is that prayer means, why, why prayer is important, how we can be confident that you, you hear us and that you invite us into your processes of praying, Lord. And I pray that you'd give a measure of boldness and confidence to those that will come forward and pray. I thank you, Lord, for their obedience and for their, yeah, their desire to want to do what you're calling them to do, Lord, even if it is uncomfortable. So, Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for preparing our hearts. And God, just prepare us now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, is there a wrong way to pray? And before you say anything out loud, this is a trick question. So, is there a wrong way to pray? Fundamentally, I would say the answer to that question is yes. Normally, you hear like, oh, it doesn't matter how you pray. There's no, way to, no wrong way to pray. And so, I'm not saying that there's a wrong way to pray in terms of our posture or our position, meaning where you pray or when you pray or even the content of your prayer. Okay, I am referring to the attitude of our hearts. Right? That is where we can come to the Lord in a manner that is not in line with his scriptures. Anytime that we go to God, we need to go in faith. Which is why I started out this morning asking if you believe that prayer works. So whether we're asking for wisdom, as James tells us to do, or we're coming to the Lord in prayer, asking for a specific situation in our lives to be addressed, we ask in faith and not doubting. I'm going to read a couple scriptures this morning. You don't have to turn there. You can if you want. But James 1, 5 through 8 says, If any of you lacks wisdom... Let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. Verse 6, but let him ask in what? Faith. Not, or with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed to the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. I mean, that's, that's pretty clear. James is not pulling any punches. Like, look. You ask, but ask in faith. Otherwise, don't expect to receive anything at all. So we've got to have faith in our asking. So in in the natural world around us, we understand that having faith in people, we do that by earning trust in relationships. How do we build trust in relationships? Any thoughts on that? Time. Time. Yeah, there's an investment Faithfulness, yeah. I would say that there's a mutual agreement that both parties are going to keep the other person's best interest in view at all times. Now, that's kind of a maybe an academic way of thinking about it, and maybe it's unspoken, but if you have somebody's pers- somebody other than you, their best interest in focus at all times, that relationship is going to go somewhere. And the longer you know someone, someone said faithfulness time, the more you're able to see how they care for you, how they actually do have your best interest in mind. And then you develop a trust and faith in that person based on your experience. But listen, my friends, as you know, you've got to go all in at some point to experience this kind of relationship. If you're cautious or selfish 
in the relationship, you're never going to experience the kind of intimacy and fellowship that we're talking about here. You've got to go all in. You've got to be willing to be hurt, as they say, right? You've got to put yourself out there, those kinds of things. So clearly, hopefully clearly, I'm building a case for the way we begin to build our trust in the Lord. Because our faith is not blind. Amen? It can seem sometimes like we're unable to see the whole picture because we are. We're unable to see the whole picture. But that doesn't mean that our faith is blind. We have built a relationship with the Lord. We've seen Him in action. Where do we see the Lord in action? Where do we go to, to, to actually see God's faithfulness? We go to His Word. Where else can we go? Life, experiences, testimony. We see God's hand at work all the time. So that's why I say it's not a blind faith. We have a proof source, if you will. We go to the Word of God and read about His faithfulness. We see it in each other's lives. That's why we share testimonies. That's why testimony is so powerful. right? And we see it in the lives of ourselves, we pray. So one thing I need to mention as we're building this relationship with the Lord is that the desires of our hearts, the things that we pray for, begin to change. Now, I don't know if you've noticed this in your own life. Some of you have. The types of things that you're praying for as you mature in the Lord, they change. The more time we spend in the Word and the more time we spend focusing on God's plans and purposes, the more we see how our prayers, what we pray, what we bring to the Lord, are actually an active part of the process of accomplishing God's will. What I mean by that is that God uses His people, every one of us, His church, through prayer, to carry out His will. Now, God invites us into that process. Now, is God sovereign and in control of all things? Absolutely. But he uses his people to accomplish his plans. And that happens through prayer. And I think when we lose sight of the fact that God invites us into that process, our prayer life is negatively impacted. We turn inward and selfish in our prayers. Shallow, if you will. But this is a tremendous blessing, my friends. It's a privilege that God offers us. Now, maybe not all of you were here, but 11 and a half months ago, 50 weeks ago, during the first sermon of 2020, I taught on prayer. And I quoted C.S. Lewis on this idea of our prayers and God's will. And I want to read it again today because it's just as relevant now as it was 11 and a half months ago. This is a quote from C.S. Lewis talking about God's people and his will accomplished through the prayers of his people. He says, can we believe that God is really modifying his action in response to the suggestions of men? For infinite wisdom does not need telling what is best, and infinite goodness needs no urging to do it. But neither does God need any of these things that are done by finite agents, that's us, whether living or inanimate. If, or he could, if he chose, repair our bodies miraculously without food, or give us food without the aid of farmers, bakers, and butchers, or knowledge without the aid of learned men, or convert the heathen without missionaries. Instead, he allows soils and weather and animals and the muscles, minds, and wills of men and women to cooperate in the execution of his will. God, said Pascal, instituted prayer in order to lend to his creatures the dignity of causality. But not only prayer, whenever we act at all, he lends us that dignity. It's not really stranger nor less strange that my prayers should affect the course of events than that my other actions should do so. This is important now, this last closing section. 
Our prayers have not advised or changed God's mind, that is, his overall purpose, but that purpose will be realized in different ways according to the actions, including prayers, of his creatures. So C.S. Lewis tells us that God invites us into this process, right? We're not directing his will, we're not ordering his steps, right? But he invites us into that process to be a part of it. And that is a fantastic realization. Once you come to terms with that in your mind, it will change how you pray. What immediately comes to my mind is growing up and having, I'll call it the privilege um, of, of mowing the lawn, but with my dad. I don't know if any of you did this. Um, old school lawnmower, you know, like get out there, crank it open, and you've got the bar where you're pushing the lawnmower, and then there's this little other bar lower down, and I'd grab onto that thing, and I'd be cruising with my dad mowing the lawn. Anybody else do that? A couple of you did, right? Now, am I actually doing anything in that process? Am I helping in any way? No, problem. actually probably more of a hindrance. You know, I'm like looking at things and going over here. And, but occasionally, like he would kind of let off and I would be like, oh, what's happening here? I got to actually do some work here. But it was awesome. Like I looked forward to that as a, you know, whatever, five, six year old. It's one of the greatest memories that I have of, of me and my dad spending time together. What I didn't realize, though, was all of the things that went into me having that experience. Him going to the gas station, getting gas, putting it in there, checking the oil levels, right? Sharpening the blades, emptying the clippings into the trash can, everything else that's going on that I have no idea, but he just invites me into this really important part of the process, and I'm just like, this is so cool. Thank you, thank you for, for letting me to do this. This is what I think of when our Heavenly Father says, you know what? Come. I want you to be a part of this process. Just put your hands right here, and let's go. Let's do it together. When we come together corporately, that is the gathered church together for the purpose of prayer, we're doing what the Lord desires us to do. In Acts chapter 12, we read an account. In fact, you can turn there if you want. We're just going to read a brief story and then we're going to go to prayer uh, together. Acts chapter 12. This is the account um, Peter's in prison. James, the brother of John, has just been killed for his faith. And it seems that Peter is next in line. It seems that he is going to be killed for his faith as well. So I want you to look at Acts chapter 12. And I'm going to read verses 6 through 12. Acts 12, 6 through 12. Now when Herod was about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with chains, two chains, and sentries before the door regarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up, saying, Get up, quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And went out and followed him. And he did not know what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate leaning into the city. It opened for themselves of its own accord, and they went out along the one street, and immediately the angel left him. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. When he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose, name, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. This is the middle of the night. Peter's in prison, about to face his death. And there's the church 
gather together, earnestly praying for Peter. Now, how do I know that they're earnestly praying? Go back up to verse 5, which is the preceding verse of this passage. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Earnest prayer, sincere, intense, purposeful. The prayers of the gathered church had a direct impact on Peter's situation. We clearly can see this. Do you approach prayer this way? With humility and faith, trusting, believing that God hears us, in concert with the power of the Holy Spirit acting on our behalf. Is that, is that how we're coming to prayer? Would we be found gathered together in the middle of the night praying for a brother who's facing persecution, trusting that God hears us? It's interesting, if you go on to read that story, you'll see how when they see Peter in person, they're like freaked out and surprised. <laughs> Like, oh my gosh, what are you doing here? Like, guys, this is what you're praying for. Like, are you not demonstrating the faith? They should have been like, yes, we knew it. He's here. Our prayers worked. But that's just the human mind and the human heart sometimes we doubt. And I understand that. But I want to I want to practice this discipline together. I want us to, to unite in prayer corporately, unified, united, as we ask in faith these requests. Keeping in mind that this is our approach to prayer no matter the topic, right? We're going to go through a couple of topics here right now. And none of them are going to be praying for somebody who is imprisoned about to lose their life. Like, that, that's dire. <laughs> I get that. But there are other things that are happening in our circles, in our spheres, in our world that, that are dire. So no matter the topic, our heart position before the Lord, our desire to, to walk in step and pray what he desires. Right? We're not talking about praying for uh, you know, a, a $100 million house or a bank account. We're not talking about these kinds of things. We're talking about praying the will of God. And I can guarantee you that everything that we're going to pray today, the topics, have to do with God's will being accomplished. So, again, I told you that there are some folks coming up here that are nervous, that are, are perhaps scared, uh, and that's okay. I think that's, that's good. Um, so we're going to come up here one at a time, and here's what I've asked people to do. I've given them a topic. I've asked them to go before the Lord, pray about it, and, and find out what the Lord would have them to pray over that specific topic. So they're going to they're gonna give you kind of a brief overview, like here's what I'm praying for, maybe why that's important. Here's the topic. And they're going to invite you to pray with them. And that's an important part. You're not, you're not an observer in this process, church. Corporately, that's the purpose of corporate prayer, is we are praying together. So they're going to use we and our language, perhaps, you know, inclusive. When you hear them pray something, pray it with them. Amen it, maybe out loud or in your heart or whatever. But you're not a bystander. You're a participant in this process and then they're going to pray. Just a couple of minutes each. We're going to walk through these topics. And this is going to conclude our service um, this morning. So I'm going to be up here um, nearby. So if you are one of those folks that's a little bit scared, I'll be right here. But more importantly, the, the Spirit of God is, is with you and, and there for you. So um, 
Let me just offer a brief prayer, and then Audrey is going to be up first. So, Lord, we thank you for, God, this opportunity to come before you as the body of Christ, to put into practice the things that we, we are called to do as believers. So help us, lead us, guide us, Lord Jesus, and give boldness to those that are coming to pray. And, Lord, give us, those that are, are listening and, and being a part of the process, Lord, as well, to be uh, faithful in our roles and responsibilities. So thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, or afternoon now, maybe. Um, I'm praying for God's provision, and in certain different areas, we'll get to that. Um, but I just wanted to point out that in Matthew 6, which is one of my favorite chapters, God talks about loving us enough, more than flowers, more than birds, to take care of us, to provide for us. And so he wants us to know him and rely on him as provider not just as savior or savior or other things that we may know him as. Also, that chapter talks about not being anxious about our needs, but being confident in a God who loves us. So first, I'm going to pray for God's provision in the area of um, people. So if you would pray with me. Heavenly Father, we just love you and we praise you and we thank you, Lord, for who you are, Lord. All of the names that you carry, Lord, Savior, Healer, and right now, Provider, Father. First, Lord, just help us to see you as that title, Lord, to see you as our provider, to not rely on our jobs or our bosses or our paychecks to be our provider, Lord, but for you to be that for us, Father. We know, Lord, that you want us to not be anxious, to not be fearful or worrisome about where our next meal comes from, Lord, or um, whether or not we're going to have a job tomorrow, Lord, but we just... We know, Lord, that you want us to keep our eyes and our focus on you. I want to lift up a pillar to you, Father God, the Pillar Network and Pillar Oceanside, Oceanside, Father, and ask that you be the provider for the people, Father, to come, uh, the people that you already have in mind, Lord, to fill the shoes that are missing, Father, that um, the areas that we need help in, Lord, uh, even just, Lord, to have people that need this church, Lord. We want to be there for people that need you and that need your word, Father. So bring those people to us, Father God. Bring those people to the network, people that are hurting, people that are lost, Lord. We thank you that you provide them so that we can be a light and that we can uh, help your will be accomplished, Lord. And, Father, we pray for the area of finances. Lord, there's a lot of people that in this time, Lord, have struggled, have lost jobs or lost job security, Father. So we just ask right now, Lord, that you help those people, Lord, that don't know, Father, if they're going to have a paycheck, that don't know, Lord, if they're going to be able to feed their families. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for being a provider in those areas, being our provider in finances, Father God. Um, I just ask, Lord, that you give those opportunities to people, Lord, who, who may not know, Lord, where to look, that they have, you give them, Lord, um, those opportunities to find jobs, to apply for jobs, to uh, mostly, Lord, just look to you and rely on you for their their next, um, their provision, Lord. And last, Lord, I want to pray for opportunities. Lord, you're the provider also of opportunities for us to be 
a voice in the community, Father God, to um, to tell people about your word and about your good news, Father. So, Lord, I ask right now that you provide us those opportunities out in the world, Father God, whether it be at work or with our neighbors, Lord. Just give us those situations, Lord, where we can tell someone about you, Father God, to give them hope, to give them peace, to give them some something to look forward to, Father God. We know, Lord, that the world is getting darker and darker, Father God, and so we want to be the light that you've asked us to be, Lord. So just give us those opportunities. We thank you, all, Lord, for all these things that we trust in and believe in you, Father God, and we thank you, Lord, that you are our provider. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thank you, Audrey. Can I get Joe Miller to come up me? Trace asked me to pray on unity within the church and focusing on what is most important. God desires unity within the church. Throughout the New Testament, believers have been admonished by Jesus himself, as well as both Peter and Paul, to be of one mind, to be like-minded, to have the same mind, to be in unity of mind. In John 17, Jesus prayed that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Our unity of mind is of vital importance. Our unity within the church is an unspoken example to the world that God has sent his son. This Christmas season, our unity within the church can speak volumes to the lost. If Jesus himself saw the need to pray on our behalf to have unity, we too should regularly be praying that we have unity within our homes and within our church. I invite you now to pray for unity with me as I pray about Father, Church of Oceanside comes before you together this morning to seek to have and maintain unity within our church. Our desire, Lord, is to focus on what is most important. We are only able to be of one mind, of one accord, because the gift you gave us in your Son, Jesus Christ. Father God, thank you that our faith in your Son is what enables us to have this unity. We're your children by our faith, making us heirs together and one in him. May each of us in this fold be ever mindful that we are one body and that our entire actions and attitudes impact every part of this body of believers. May we remember to be lowly of mind and esteem each member of this body as more important than our individual selves. May we be tenderhearted towards each other. Father, it's your desire that together we would be with one mind glorifying you with one voice. Lord, you, you've instructed us this. And just as we've received your son, I pray that you would help us to put into practice what we've recently learned in your word through the words of Peter. All of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reveling for reveling, but on the contrary, bless for to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. Father, we are only able to do these commands in your strength and in your power with the help of your Holy Spirit. So we come, dear Lord, together with open hearts and open hands, asking you to do what only you can do in each of our individual lives to help one another to maintain unity with 
those things that you've said that are important. And so we pray these things in your holy name. Thank you, ma'am. All right, Ben Hurley is coming forward. This morning, um, I want to lift up the Praetorium project. Um, whether that's the the current churches we uh, we have planted right now and the future churches that we are going to plant. Uh, so we really want to lift up uh, the leaders within those churches. We think about the ones in uh, Washington D.C., Dumfries, Jacksonville, Twenty Nine Palms, San Diego, here in Oceanside, Okinawa, and out in Hawaii. Um, really, just want to lift those leaders up to expand. Uh, what God is doing in those areas, as well as uh, ask God for the um, to reveal what He has next for us, uh, whether that's new places to go or, or to uh, revitalize the areas that He already has. So, please join me in prayer. Father God, we come before you. Lord, we thank you for what you've done for us. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing through us and in these communities. But we ask that you would bring focus to the churches that you have, Lord, the, the leaders that we have in those uh, those areas. Lord, that you would just unify them. Uh, Lord, bring direction. Lord, in the, uh, the tasks you have for them. Lord, the ways that we reach out, the ways we evangelize. Lord, that we do strive to, to know you and to make you known. Lord, I ask that you would sustain those leaders. Lord, bring prayer warriors to lift them up in prayer each day. Lord, you expand uh, those warriors, Lord, each each day. Lord, as we think, uh, let this not be the only day that we lift them up. Lord, that we would consistently lift up our leaders. Lord, that you would expand uh, your work here. Lord, as we Think about the future and think about where else you would have us go, Lord, that you would reveal that to us, Lord. Bring up leaders to to go, Lord, to, to pay that way. Lord, prepare us now for what you have for us as we go out each and, each and every day, Lord, that you would use us for your glory. That's always in your name. Amen. All right. We have our sister Julie. Come on forward. results, and that's really had a, a negative impact on my prayer life and a hesitancy. 
prayer before uh, pray before others because I want to see results one way or another. So when I'm praying today, I'm, I'm going to ask you to sympathize for those of us who, who, who have these weaknesses when it comes to prayer. So I'll ask you to join me in prayer now. And Father God, we come before you humbly. And we thank you so much that you have blessed us with the privilege of being able to pray directly to you, creator of the universe. My goodness, and for those of us who, who wonder, why would you want to listen to anything we have to say? Aren't we boring to you, Lord? Why would you want to listen to us, Lord? Let us know that everything we say to you matters, Lord, and that you're listening with all your heart, whether we see anything directly or not, so be it. But Father God, let our prayer be more than just a monologue. Let it be a dialogue. And I pray that we will take the time to listen to what you have to say to us. And may you manifest your answers in different ways and unique ways for each of us, Lord. You know what we need to hear. And in these difficult times, Lord, let us know that we can rely on prayer. Let it be our first line of defense and our first line of attack, Lord. And one, praying is a way of growing closer to you, Lord. How wonderful is that? Why would you want to grow closer to me? Sometimes I ask. And I'm sure I'm not alone. So Father God, for those of us who struggle with these things, please let us know that you love us and you're listening to our simple prayers. Prayers of baby Christians, it feels like sometimes, Lord. But it's our heart that you're listening to. And we thank you so much. And Lord, your Bible has story after story where you talk about how interceding for others has made such a difference, Lord. And in these times, let us pray for the salvation of others because it does make a difference, Lord. And that's one thing I know is that you're listening and you want all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of your truth, Lord. So let us pray fervently and persistently for the salvation of lost souls, Lord. And I'm going to stop here because I can barely talk. And it's in your son's name we pray and we thank you and we praise you, Father God. Thank you so much, Julie. Ralph, my friend. doing good guys stay 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 with us stay focused this is a this is a, a discipline for a reason it requires discipline for it's all of us take a lot of discipline yeah. yeah all right here we go all right hey everybody uh trace asked me to cover the topic it's uh intentional investment in key relationships leading to gospel slash uh influence slash conversations when I first read it, I read it on my phone, I thought he said international investment. And I'm thinking to myself, I said, I better get out the map because the world has changed a lot since I was in seventh grade geography. There's Montenegro and Kazakhstan and, and everything else. But I looked at this as a, um, as a idea about reaching out toward people who need spiritual growth, who 
maybe we're stronger than spiritually. And then I also looked it out, looked at it as ourselves reaching out to other people who we know are stronger in the spirit and, and can help answer questions and help us pray to, to draw closer to God. Um, so the first idea I thought about was the first thing we should do is pray because most of us have someone on our heart that we have a conviction about. And, and, and we pray every night and we maybe know that that person needs something or we want them to move closer to the Lord, but really all we do is pray about it. We don't really put our prayer into action. Or we think so-and-so could help me with this, but we never are, are, are bold enough to step out to that person for that help. And in our prayers, obviously this conviction, we need to boldly step out and, and to, to surrender to God's will. And because obviously he's putting it on our, on our souls to reach out to somebody for some reason in that capacity. And I don't know about you, but I find it harder to uh, talk to the cl people who are closest to me about Jesus who are not with Jesus. You know, we, we tend to, we don't want to offend or uh, we don't want to hurt the relationship. So uh, we always have to understand when we reach out to people that every, everyone is a work in progress for the Lord. You know, we can't, we can't judge the person. We have to testify to the person and, and uh, show them the good things about God and, and his promises and, and those types of ideas and show them how God has worked for you. And the bottom line is, when we do reach out, we always must speak in the truth of the doctrine. Uh, it doesn't do anyone any good to sugarcoat the doctrine or make it adapt to, to what you think they want to hear. Uh, the truth of the doctrine is the truth of the doctrine. And before my papers blow away, I'll ask that we all pray about that right now. Heavenly Father, we humble ourselves before you and give you all the glory because we, you, we know you are the true living God and creator of all. We know that you call us by faith to do and receive works of discipleship that involve people with whom we are acquainted. Lord, let us first pray to you and help us acknowledge those people in our lives who need spiritual help or who can render it. May we surrender and become vessels for our spiritual growth. Father, allow us to let go of the flesh and dwell in the spirit as we commune about your glory. Make us let go of ego and judgment as we strive to boost each other's, each person's spiritual life so we can grow closer to you. Let us approach each other with loving kindness because we know you do not differentiate between members of your flock. You are a just God and you love us all. Dear Lord, allow us to inspire or be inspired in a way that is appropriate for each person's level of faith and spirituality. From sinner to saint, let us meditate and converse on your true word. Keep your truth among us as we share and learn about your grace, mercy, salvation, and infinite promises. May we boldly step out. We love you, Jesus. In your name, amen. John Martin.
Good morning, church. It's a great day to be up and about. Pretty excited about this. Say again. You look like you belong there, she said. Oh, I, I couldn't hear. Can you hear me? Okay, good, good. Well, this morning, Pastor Trace asked me to uh, pray about Del Rio Elementary School in, uh, in the neighboring community. You know, it's funny. I got to be bone honest with you. When he asked me to do this, you know, we can all get comfortable doing the things that we do every day and not even think about it. But as soon as someone asks us to get uncomfortable, oh, no, by the way, it's what makes you successful is to get uncomfortable. But I needed to man up. I had a brother in arms asking me to do this. I needed to be accountable. I always talk about being a good disciple, being a good leader, and doing what I need to do to serve Jesus Christ in this community. As I was saying earlier, my prayer point this morning is Del Rio Elementary School in the neighboring community. God called Pillar Church to meet at Del Rio a little over six years ago. In that time, we have had the chance to make a difference in many lives by supporting the staff and students here. We built the raised gardens, helped at holiday events and the annual carnival, gift baskets and more. And currently we are helping supply the food pantry for needy families. I believe that all we do is truly God's work. We are helping supply the food pantry as you were. And currently we are we are helping supply the food pantry for needy families. I believe that all we do is truly God's work. We can show this love through this help and hopefully touch any lost soul of this community so that they can come to know the love of Jesus. We need to pray protection over students, staff, teachers, and their families. Together on this Sunday, there is strength in solidarity and prayer. Don't ever forget that. That even though we cannot be together physically, we are supporting one another spiritually. Let us pray. Father God, we want to lift up all the students and staff and teachers in meeting the needs of all their families. This school and our community are under attack. We pray for protection over every family in this school. Lord, we ask that you continue to show the leaders in this school to be brave, resilient, and to remain steadfast. Father God, we pray for the world and especially those people that are ill. Father God, we pray for those who care for the sick in our Del Rio community. Father God, we pray for our students in the Del Rio community who are struggling. Father God, we pray for their families and our friends who cannot be together because of the risk. Father God, we pray for our teachers who struggle to teach at a distance. And Father God, we pray our faculty and staff to stay faithful. 
Father God, we pray for our school district leadership. And Father God, we pray for all lost souls that do not know you. May they find their way here to build a church and other churches in the community. Father, we know that you are gracious and a loving God. We ask you to lift up these prayers and the prayers that we hold in our hearts. Calm our fears and anxiety and we and be with us through this trying time. Help us to understand the changes before us in our lives, to accept the things that we cannot control, and to have humility, grace, and patience. But most of all, to love one another. Father God, all these things, in your name we pray. Amen. Ronnie, come on up, man. Good morning. So we want to lift up uh, spiritual, we want to lift up um, spiritual growth in pillar for both on the individual level as well as uh, as a church as a whole. And the reason that spiritual growth is so important, it's um, it's the means that God uses as far as our sanctification. So the more we get into the Word, the more we uh, the more we come to God in prayer, the more um, God will begin to work in us, and He begins to clean out, he begins to clean us out, um, all the sin in our life, uh, the things that some uh, some of the things that we might be doing, uh, He begins to work in us so that. Uh, over time, we change. We become more like Him every single day. Uh, and at the end of the day, we live our lives to glorify God more uh, through prayer, through reading the Word, and as well through service to Him. So if you would, please join me in prayer. Lord God, we give thanks to you for this day. Uh, we give thanks to you that we can come together and worship you and serve you uh, and love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for, Lord, thank you for your Word. Thank you that we here, we can, we have the freedom to get into your word every single day. Uh, we can come together as a group uh, and sit under the reading of your word and teaching of your word. Thank you, Lord, that, uh, thank you, Lord, that you left us your love letter. Uh, thank you that, um, thank you that we don't, we don't have to worry about persecution uh, as far as having your word. I just pray that you would uh, just begin to work in us, that every single day we would have a hunger uh, to get into your word more, and every single day we would just want to know you more, that we want to read more of your word, that we want to grow closer to you, Lord. I pray, Lord God, that you would put a huge emphasis in our hearts as far as prayer goes, that it would be that it would be our response, Lord, that uh, whether things are going bad in our life, whether things are going great in our life, Lord, that uh, that we would give praise to you, Lord, that we thank you, and that we could just come to you and talk to you about anything, Lord. And I pray that you would give us a heart of service, Lord God, that you would just give us a humble heart to serve people uh, and just to put people on our hearts, Lord God. I pray that you would help us to see them. Uh, I pray that you help us to see them through your eyes. Lord God, uh, the people that are lost, 
that you just help us to to see them, to see them and uh, to meet to meet them where they're at, Lord God. And I pray that you would just I pray that you would just fill us with the Holy Spirit, that we would um, that we would walk in the Holy Spirit to do Your will, Lord God. At the end of the day, uh, well, we're giving glory to Your name, Lord. And I'll throw this up in Jesus' name. Megan. Hello, everyone. Can you hear me? Yeah. Good. Um, I was asked to um, lift up prayer. Uh, the topic is a heart for the lost with boldness and obedience to Christ. And um, so what I'm going to pray about is uh, pray that we have a heart for the lost. Um, pray that we would love people with the kind of love that God loves us with. Um, and that we would trust him and not be afraid. <laughs> uh, we serve a great and awesome God. And... Uh, the love that he gives us, he wants us to share that with others. So let us pray. Father in heaven, we come before you and thank you for um, your mercy and your grace. Thank you for loving us, Lord, and dying on the cross for our sins. I pray, God, that you would please uh, help us to be obedient and courageous, Lord God, to share the gospel with those who don't know you, and um, to be a living testimony, Lord, in their lives, help us to walk out that faith, Lord, that, um, that we have in you, Lord God. Please fill us with your spirit, and um, your presence, Lord God, help us to love others with the love that you give us, Lord, and Last up, we've got Zach Miller. It's all yours, my friend. Good morning. So, Trace asked me to um, pray about the gospel um, and, and the importance of sharing it each and every day with just normal conversations and um, just have it come out naturally. And I think that's, I know it's difficult for me because he had asked me to. Um, I pray about that, and I was just thinking throughout the week, I don't really do that very well, and I, I know I'm not alone, so let's let's pray um, that we can uh, not only know the gospel, but share it each and every day uh, very fluently and, and just naturally, Lord. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I thank you for uh, Pillar Church and just their influence on this community with the gospel, Lord. I pray that you can work in each and every one of our lives and uh, that we can just be fluent with the gospel, Lord, that we can speak these truths of Jesus into, into everyone that is around us in, 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 in ways that we wouldn't really think uh, it would come out, God, but it, 
it wouldn't come off as pushy and shovey lord in their faces but it would just come out as natural and that you would speak to them through us lord god i pray that that we won't be ashamed that of uh, being embarrassed lord god i pray that we're just bold and, and confident in your word lord and i pray that that we're able to just clearly and accurately articulate this gospel, Lord. I pray that you give us the strength and the boldness, Lord, to uh, to just, like I said before, Lord, just that we can speak it fluently and that it just comes out naturally, God, and that, uh, that it doesn't just disappear, though, Lord, that it, it stands out to them and that they continue to think about it throughout the day and throughout the week, Lord, and that they can come to us and, uh, with questions and that we can be the light in our communities and our homes and, and our and, and for our employers and our employees, Lord. I pray that you, you give us the strength to do so, Lord, and I pray that it comes from you and not of us. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, so as we wrap up this portion, um, I just want to thank everybody that came up here, first of all, because I know for some of you that was very, very challenging. But I also want to encourage you, and all of us, really, to use this as a catalyst for what is next. Not like, phew, I did that, now I can just kind of chill out and just ride that little coast, that little crest for a while. No, this is the beginning of where you're going next for all of us in prayer. And, and if we capitalize on this opportunity, church, we're going to go somewhere where we're going to see the Lord working in ways that we didn't even know that he could work among us, but it starts with prayer. As Spurgeon said, the, prayer is the work. It's not preparing us for the work. Prayer is the work. Amen? All right. Appreciate you guys.